Good morning, protein shakes, and welcome to the Shifty Q podcast with Alan Kay. This is episode three Cognitive Mastery and Emotional Ownership with my really good friend, Sean Sheshan Heshmatpour. Uh, I probably butchered that, and you have no idea how long it took for me to even get the Cognitive Mastery and Emotional Ownership down part right. Anyway, Sean is a life coach who specializes in supporting people break through their episodes of social anxiety. Um, and in this episode, we talk a lot about conditioning when it comes to our culture, our upbringing, and our use of social media. We end this episode also talking a lot about the metaverse and its potential effects on how we're going to be conditioned in society and how we choose to behave. And this episode is just an overall really in-depth look on how people frame their reality and how people act according so and how they pretty much create their entire narrative based off of their thoughts and feelings. Hope you guys really, really enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed it for sure. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And hope you guys really enjoy this episode. See you around. Too metaversy, you know? Like no, it was just, it's, just towards, yeah. it's just towards the end what I want to end up doing because... Yeah, it's mostly conditioning that I am prepared for to speak as far as... I don't know the details of the metaverse. I just know the bare minimum. No, we'll, we'll get into that though. Um, cool. Yeah, real quick though. All right. Well, Sean Sheshan Heshma I'm going to fucking butcher your name, is uh, one of my really, really good uh, best friends. And he is an. Em- oh, fuck. I'm going to fuck this up again. How do you say it? <laughs> Cognitive mastery and emotional ownership coach. Okay. And as, you know, this season of Shifty Q, we talk a lot about conditioning, behavioral conditioning, and everything that sets that up and how it frames our life. And Sean just happens to be, that happens just to be his forte of working with stuff. So can you go over, oh man, how do you say this again? Cognitive behavior, emotional mastery. Ha! You're going to, you're going to learn it today. All right. Once and for all. You've known me for over six months, Alan. You have to get it right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, for for everybody that's listening, can you go over what that is and what you work with people on how to frame that for you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, brother. So cognitive mastery is the ability to be able to understand your thoughts, raise awareness to your thoughts, and be able to put in the thoughts that serve you and the results you want out of your life. Ooh, So that's what cognitive mastery is. Now, emotional ownership, emotional ownership is simply owning the emotions that are in your body, owning them for what they are, a vibration, and using that as well to feel intentionally in order to get the results you want out of your life. Okay. That's, that sounds, that sounds amazing. Right. But can you, can you maybe frame that in like in a real life scenario, how maybe, I don't know, something like dating or so where your work would, would serve that person a lot better in that situation. Absolutely brother. So essentially, um, in the dating example you you gave and just to put i guess into terms where everyone could understand and all that stuff cognitive mastery is the ability to realize that your thoughts are just thoughts and that you can pretty much control your thoughts and also use the thoughts that will serve you to be your best self when you're on that date and then the emotional ownership side of it is to be able to 
be aware of the nervous feelings maybe that you may be getting on a date or whatever okay. the conditioning is, right? Being aware that it's just a vibration, it's just a feeling, and then understanding that you are not your vibration and to be able to think and feel with intent in order to show up as your best self when you're on that date or if you're at that social party, if you're at that networking event, if you okay. are at the, on that podcast episode, right? Like you can use it for anything you want in life because everything in life requires the proper thoughts and then the feelings behind it. So if I'm, if I'm reading you right, what you're saying is like our thoughts and our feelings dictate how we decide to show up. And if we want to show up a certain way, we have to reframe our thoughts and our feelings about those thoughts in order for to do so. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Cause everything that we do in this world is based off of feeling. See in mm -hmm. life, we don't want results. We want the way that results going to make us feel. Everything mm. we do in our life, we do it because of feeling. Even the most basic stuff that you don't even think about every day, like living in a house. Right. You do that because living in a home feels good. Mm. You're not going to die if you live on the street for like a few weeks. You won't. Like mm. you, it's probably most likely you'll, you'll be fine. Mm. But the reason why, because it feels good to have that comfort of living in an area with a ceiling and walls and an enclosed environment. It feels right. good. You right, know? right. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know for um, what I do, right? Um, with regards to working with people on their weight, it's not about yeah. the fifteen or twenty pounds. It's exactly it's how it makes you feel when you lose fifteen or twenty pounds, or how it makes you show up when you don't have that extra fifteen or twenty pounds. And yeah, I love it, and I love that you're working with this at least on a uh, a platform that's outside of just the gym, right? Yeah. Um, so of of all. I guess of all the clients that you work with and everything, what's been like the most common, um, I don't say problem, but most common circumstance that you run into and that you coach people through? Yeah. And I love that question. It's a lack of ability to trust themselves. Ooh. Can you, can you talk a little yeah. bit more into that? I like this. Yeah, absolutely. And it actually, like, I love it because that's exactly where I was before I started becoming a coach and before I got coached on this topic. So essentially we are taught and conditioned by society that we are supposed to make decisions with our mind. And I'm here to say, scratch all that out, throw that, all that shit in the garbage. Cause that's not true. Okay. We're here to make decisions for ourselves based on the way we feel about it. Based on that, uh, huh, uh, uh, reaction we get in our gut, that pull, that push that we get through the world of energy, through the world of vibration. Okay. So essentially when someone doesn't trust themselves, it's because they are letting their mind be the driver of their life, not their soul, not who they are as a person. Mm, okay. Can, can you give, all right. So yeah. Can you give like a real specific example? Like maybe like, is it like, is it like when like timid guys trying to approach a girl, but they already self-defeated themselves before they even go up there. So they show up like that. Is that kind of like an example of what you're talking about? That's definitely one out of many. Yeah. So yeah. You know, a man who doesn't trust himself when approaching a woman, it's because he has a lot of self-doubt and he's using his mind rather than who he is. Mm -hmm. See, when he sees a woman that maybe walks by him or maybe even gives him some sort of friendly invitation, like sits next to him at the bar, brushes by him, maybe a little smile, a, hey, what's going on? Whatever it could be, right? Right. Uh, when the guy is more in tune with his body, He's just following his energy. Oh, okay. Maybe she's cool. Maybe she's not cool. It doesn't really matter. Let me just feel this out. Let me say what's up. I'm open. Mm. 
But when a guy is more in his head, he's really focused on the outcome. He's focused on, oh, well, this person could be my wife, or maybe I can get laid tonight, or whatever. You know, <laughs> and they put a lot of pressure on themselves. And then what happens is they're in their head instead of their body. And when you're in your head instead of your body, you're not confident. You're not grounded. Mm. You're not being yourself. You're behaving a not self behavior because your mind wants to impress that girl, right? Your mind wants to maybe like, do the little game of pull and push and pull, right? That you learn in dating and all that stuff. Right. But in an unhealthy manner, not like in the healthy manner of push and pull, but like the right. actual unhealthy manner, right? right? And what happens is they aren't really acting like themselves and maybe they fumble up a little bit. Maybe they close off themselves more because they don't want to deal with that confrontation or mm -hmm. whatever it could be. Or maybe they are overly too much themselves, right? And like kind of scare her away. But like, yeah, there's like not self behavior comes out in many different forms. So like the girl is one example, even just like simple stuff, like deciding if you want to sign up for, with a coach or not, that's a mm. huge one actually. And I'm not using that just to like market ourselves, but I think this is actually a really good example here. People want to focus on, well, I don't know if I can afford this. All right. What can I do to afford it? If you really want to do something, you're going to say, fuck it and do it. You don't care how you're going to get there. You're just going to do it. You know, because it feels good to you. See, when you're operating off of logic, off of the mind, you're operating off your conditioning. Oh, well, you know, I make this much a month, so technically I'm not supposed to spend this much. You're creating all these stories created by society of what it means to be wealthy and what it means to not be wealthy and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, money is abundant, you know. Right. When you treat money like it's scarce, scarce excuse me, you got to be tactical a bit on how to spend that money. You're operating with your mind, not with who you are. Right. So where do you think that comes from? Where we're conditioned to be logical and not through our feelings or so, or be not be intentional. Where, where does that come from? Definitely generations, brother. Definitely generations mm -hmm. of conditioning. It's like our parents, 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 you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it goes way back. And then obviously like events that happen in history too, show conditioning, right? Like 9-11, the Great Depression, the wars, like these instances really did create a lot of conditioning for us. Like ever since the Great Depression, fear of poverty really kicked off in America and mm. it created all this, we got to like really save our money and be scarce with our money because, you know, fear of poverty. That's yeah. the only reason why people don't live the way they want to live because of finances, right? That fear of poverty. Mm. This illusion of poverty. I got you. I got you. So now I like what you're saying here with regards to different circumstances that have now conditioned us to approach things in a certain way. I would say right now, the biggest conditioning that we're experiencing and that we're going through is that of social media, right? Yes. Like social media, I feel like it now has just driven us to like, all right, this is what happiness looks like. This is what fulfillment huh. looks like. This is what empowerment looks looks like trying to make it a destination when emotions can't really just be depicted by an image or just by a small video clip, right? In, in your experience, what are some of the biggest conditioning things that you've seen with regards to social media and people? The amount of information that can be consumed in a day. Ooh. So in just 2020 alone, I believe the most information in in the world was uploaded or like published or something like that mm. in the, like it was like the most information uploaded 
in history ever. In 2020? Yeah, 2020 or 2019. Is that is that kind of is that though because of COVID and everybody got fucking bored or something or what? No, it's just because you can post information. I mean, maybe COVID boosted it with people online. Like, yeah, that's definitely a a, a correlation, right? Right. But it's because we have so many platforms to post nowadays. We can post on everything, like literally, and that's like what Web two point uh, is all about, right? Posting, sharing, mm-hmm. engaging with the internet, not just using it as like a one way. Uh, thing it's more of like a two-way thing right you can upload and that can be consumed by another individual all over the you know anywhere in the world mm-hmm. so with social media and all these different platforms yeah like it's just think about it. it's like you can just consume so much information in a day and all that information you consume creates a certain emotion in you right. you know you can go from pissed off to to laughing to sad to dopamine hits all within a span of like two minutes. Crazy, just right? scrolling. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it is nuts. The information and then the emotions that you get through social media, um, even like even like let's say you know for me, I disconnected from politics altogether, right? Just blocked yeah. all those pages and everything. Because even if I don't even engage on a post, if I see something about Trump or conservatives or Biden or you know vaccine and just even that little instance of of a trigger is still a trigger, and it causes your emotions to uh-huh. flare. So I've just avoided it altogether. Um, man, it is interesting, like you're saying though, like how everybody uploads to this, and it's like we live in a society now where what people think of us is what matters more than what we think of ourselves in that aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, look at, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of posting shit online with a certain filter and a certain like quote, like that has nothing to do with that photo. Right. Um, but it's like, we all do it. I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. so weird that we have this disconnect and connect of understanding that, Hey, this is an impressionable world, but we're not always about that impression on a regular basis, but we accept that commodity for what it is. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just always it's always interesting. Interesting. But well, get yeah, it isn't about it isn't about the posts that are bad. It's your relationship with the platforms, with the posts, mm-hmm. with what's going on. Because at the end of the day, I mean, look, there's a lot of good in social media too, right? It's without social media, you can't connect with the people you want to connect with, share. Um, inspire, create. There's a lot of cool shit that's been put out there with Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, right? right? Facebook. You know, people make friends and create online communities just from hanging out on the internet all day. Like it's a, it's a really cool thing. The thing is, though, it's your relationship with it, right? It's just the amount of it that can be dangerous because, and I'm sure, like, just from like a health perspective, it works the same way. So, for example, back when fast food was a thing in, like, the 50s, it was, like, new, McDonald's was opening and all this stuff, or it was becoming a bigger and bigger thing. People were eating fast food all the time because they didn't know that it's bad for your health. And then when the, by the time, like, the 70s came around, the health movement kicked in. People were starting to be more conscious of their weight. They're going to the gyms. You know, their people are marketing and selling, like, cute little outfits to go work out in and all this shit, right? Right. Uh, because people were realizing, oh, like this is bad, right? This is like unhealthy if I have too much of it. And we're starting to slowly realize that with information too. You can't just binge information all day because it takes away yourself 
and you lose a sense of your own of just being of who you are. Mm. So now we're sort of understanding that and we're starting to talk about how offline time is good. Having a little fast from social media is healthy for you being able to be aware of who you're following and what you're consuming. You know, this is starting to become like conversations people are slowly starting to talk about now. Mm. Mm. Right. Right. I, I like what you're saying here. I like, I want to backtrack it. Cause let's look at the positives that you're saying, right? You, like you're just saying, you connect with people all over the world now based off of common interests. Like, for example, you and I are close as hell. I've yeah. never physically met you, right? And you're across the country. right? And so I think from that aspect, if you approach the internet for the connectivity and for the outreach of creating community, I think it does highlight your individuality because you can find way more people to connect with that you can relate to on this, you know, like for us on this emotional ownership level, man, I, I finally got yeah. that right. Thank God. Anyways, um, hey! yeah, yeah <laughs> man, I get my fucking purple star for the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting as long as we handle it and we, we take it that way. Um, but it seems like these days people like being triggered. People like, you know, talking about, mm -hmm. I remember when I lived in LA, one of the things, one of my buddies used to like, you know, all about politics, all about everything goes, you don't know what the fuck's happening in Georgia. I'm like, why do you care? <laughs> we live in Los Angeles, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like this doesn't affect you. And reality is you're listening and reading from a, a biased news source. So you're like actively yes. choosing to be upset, understanding a, you know, there's a narrative attached to it. B, you know, it's like fat fabricated with regards to the truth, but you still decide to get triggered. But I see right. that more often than not. You know, like, right. I, I don't know. What's your take? Do you, do you see that same kind of thing or what? Yeah. I think people find a lot of comfort in being upset about something. Why is that? So it's familiar and it's easy. Ooh. Are, are you saying, well, hold on, hold on. Let me say this. Are you, are you saying that we're familiar with being triggered and being negative and having that negative? Whoa. Where is that? Where do you think that comes from? From a lot of conditioning and from a lot of unhealed insecurities from childhood and all that. Wow. Wow. That's, that's what conditioning is all about, right? It's about taking on stories from your environment and a lot of it doesn't serve who you are, but your brain entertains it to feel safe, mm. essentially, mm. to make you feel this false sense of safety, false sense of belonging. Wow. I, you know, what's crazy. So false sense, I heard, I heard an interesting theory a while back ago, right? Which is that we're all derived. We, there's two kinds of people in the prehistoric era, right? One that goes, right. Ooh, there's a volcano. I'm going to go fucking touch it. Right. The adventurers don't give a yeah. fuck, but the people that survived and then was, Oh, what the fuck is that? And <laughs> we're going to run away for safety. And we are, yeah. we are generations into that mindset of running to safety, running to safety, running to safety. And now mm -hmm. what we do is what, what we're conformed to feel and be comfortable with is running to safety and whatever that might consume, right? If it's easier to keep ourselves negative, to keep ourselves safe, and that's what we're going to do. If it keeps ourselves just limiting and limiting beliefs, that's what we're going to do. So it's yeah interesting on the different theories and the different ways that we are um, conditioned to be safe or sometimes just be negative to keep ourselves safe. Right. 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 Because in the, the day, 
these things are useful. Like you never know when, and this is a really extreme example. You never know when there'll be like a, like a nuclear war. And then there's like an apocalypse that goes down. We have to actually live in that tribal mentality again, where we rely on each other in order to survive in the wild. Mm. And we're not on the top of the food chain anymore. Right. Right. Like back then that safety meant something like the volcano, for example, you have to intellectually kind of be like, Oh, that's a volcano. That doesn't look safe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick with the tribe or, Hey, the tribe wants to do this. If I disagree, I might get kicked out and then I'll die out in the cold by myself tonight or I'll get eaten by a predator. So I'm going to conform and just go with it as a sense of safety. Mm. That's what it was back then. So we need that. But the thing is, we don't need that because our environment is not like that anymore. The worst case scenario, if someone rejects you, is just a feeling, just a vibration, right? Mm. There is no wild animals out here like just in normal civilization ready to eat you like you don't have to worry about that right right yeah i guess it's like crazy i guess we're in by nature we're still primitive beings right from who we are yeah. to the core dna and genetically speaking but we're like primitive people put into this brand new world of things where we don't have to be primitive and it's a really interesting mm -hmm. dynamic so now let's fast forward this you talked about internet 2.0 Right. Um, and just for the listeners here real quick, I'm going to go over what Internet like Internet 1.0 used to be like the AOL, the chat rooms, just just like writing things. Right. Internet 2.0 is what we have right now with regards to social media, uploading videos, uploading photos, DMing left and right. But now we're about to go into Internet 3.0, which is the metaverse, the NFTs, the Bitcoins, like the crypto world. Yeah, I am. I'm really curious as to. I, I guess what you think on, on how, I don't want to say how we're going to be conditioned, but how the metaverse is going to condition our perspective of life and how we, our day-to-day -day happens. Like, what do you think is going to happen when, when it goes into that? Well, when it gets deeper into that, people are going to have a lot of lack of sense of security, I feel like. Ooh, can you dive into that lack of sense of security? Yeah. I feel like people are going to be less and less confident at an early age, kind of like already right now. Like right now they go on Instagram and Twitter and they see people living their best lives. They feel like they got to live like that or else they're not worth anything, right? Like mm -hmm. that kind of conditioning. But it's going to be like that, but now they're actually living in it. Like they put on the, like the fucking VR headset. They see all these people with digital stuff that's really cool and they want it too and they try to get it. And yeah, some of them will be successful, some of them won't, but people are going to be living in this literally made up world, right? This imaginary world. Yeah. And they're going to be basing a lot of their life on what they have and don't have on there. They're going to forget who they are. Wow. You know, so unless we start teaching kids at a young age self worth, self security, self love, and. You know, if we're not teaching or excuse me, we got to start teaching that to them now in order for them to have a healthy experience with Web3. Right. Web3. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because like you're saying, there's way more like badges. That's why NFTs are going fucking nuts. There's going to be way more different mm -hmm. things. Like you can have a different avatar, different this, that. And yeah. The other. I mean, people, I mean, I heard, <laughs> I just read that H&M opened up a Web3.0 store. Right. And now yep. I think Walmart too, right? Bro, it's nuts. It's, it's, um, yeah. I keep on telling everybody, I think it's going to be like Ready Player One 
or are we going to put on this VR set and everybody is just like you're saying, investing into this imaginary world. And that's where day to day is going to be. You know, I, I always think it's interesting because in my opinion, I think that life is a stimulation of your five senses in every single day. Right? If you think about like human interaction, right. you know, it causes dopamine things to run through your body. Touch in itself is a touch. Our thoughts and our feelings yeah. that go along with hearing things, smelling things, right? And so if you could simulate all of that, right, in a Web 3.0 world, I, I can't help but to wonder, especially if, it's, if it stimulates more than everyday life, yeah, it's going to overstimulation of the feel good chemicals. That we right. Have. Yeah. Because we, as it as it is, people have like, you know, alcohol addictions, drug addictions, porn addictions. Right. And I mean, I'm not I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable to those things, too, here and there. Right. But it's uh, it's interesting, though, for how we're going to do that, because there's still like people frown on social media, right, beyond being on it way too much. But they frown like they're like, oh, people are on social media too much and upload it to social media by saying that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's only interesting to see on how when we're investing in a Web 3.0 and half of our, you know, four hours a day is going to be in the in, in the Internet, like how that's going to like literally shift the paradigm of what reality really is. So, yeah, it's just going to be a weird, weird transition and shift. For sure. It is. It is. And I think it is going to add to the suffering of the collective, like the suffering that a lot of people are facing. Because as you see, like more and more mental health issues are skyrocketing, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, obviously, mental health is more of a conversation. People are encouraging others to get more help. But the reason mm-hmm. why is because people are really starting to understand like how people are sad. People are anxious a lot more than. I don't want to say what they should be, but a lot more than what's healthy, I guess you could say, right? Right. Um, because of all these overstimulations and the lack of sense of self, you know? Um, and I don't know, but maybe that's what this world needs, though. Maybe we do need to wait for that crash and burn to happen until we start finally start waking up as a collective. And it sounds kind of like fucked up when you word it that way, but... That's my opinion, though. Like, maybe we do kind of need this overstimulation of internet and watch society kind of like crumble in order to regain and start having healthy conversations about how to use this stuff. You know, right? I mean, I, I think I think you're absolutely right, though. Like, you know, I don't think those crash and burns are negative. I think that in in theory right. and and during when you're going through it, it's kind of hard not to be like, oh my god, I'm fucking like. We had this worst breakup of our entire life, blah, 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 blah. But you and I have discussed this before, like the element of resilience and the purity of it when it happens from our lowest point, it just seems like we rebound like a motherfucker, you know? I mean, those, mm-hmm. what we learn about ourselves and when we're forced to learn about ourselves and for, forced to learn and get out of these emotions, I, I love it you know like i remember my last yeah. relationship i was in i talked to you i was like yo i'm looking forward to my next breakup because of how much i'm gonna learn but it's it's you exactly. know exactly it's it's the fucking truth you know it is the absolute truth yeah. but as long as we could you know still stick to just understanding that it's just a transition we're always going to be okay and know that no matter what we're going to be right where we're supposed to be every single time and that's what exactly 
Everything is happily. It's ha- everything is happening perfectly for us, right? That was for hard for me to say for a minute. Everything right. is Every- happening perfect for us, purposely for us. That's amazing. All right. Well, hey, Sean, I really do appreciate your time. Um, fucking love you long time. You have anything else you want to add into this? Oh, what's your uh, website, Instagram, Twitter? What are what are all those handles and everything? So yeah. People follow. No, thank you. I appreciate that, and thank you for having me on, Alan. For real, it's been a long time coming <laughs> for me to show up. <laughs> it and, has like, been. I definitely would love to be a guest on here again, man. Like you're doing great work. And Thank I know you. you've been really, um, you've been really consistent with the podcast lately for real. Like, I know you've been loving it. So thank you so much for dude, that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, as far as the website. So, um, uh, my coaching is sessions, life coaching, and you can find it at session.com S H E S H N.com. The website is getting a facelift right now and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at session 94 outstanding all right sean well thank you so much and thank you for that for that uh that feedback man that really does mean a lot i appreciate it um but all right guys thank you guys so much for tuning in and i'll see you guys next week thanks for listening if you're interested in working with lmk and shift eq go to calendly.com forward slash shift eq or email him at shift eq llc at gmail.com you can also visit the website at shift eq.org thanks for shifting in until next time Shift your soul, shift your body, shift your world.